0: Stop and stop. Small doses, self help from the hip. Small doses, we're talking that shit. Small doses, and keeping it real. Small doses, with me and seals. It's so funky. <laughs> welcome to another episode of small doses uh you know shout out to all of you all who are liking and subscribing um you know we've also been posting small doses on youtube so if you're watching on youtube you can like and subscribe and tell a friend um we post the episode a week later after it posts to the pods and whatnot um You know, this episode is a special one just because I'm about to go on tour and I literally did a show last night at the comedy store. And I remember when I was coming home, I was talking to my man and I was just like, I just love comedy so much. And at a time when the world is just full of actual trash, it felt very empowering to like feel like that connection to something especially because I'm also going out on tour and like there's a certain trepidation I have going out on tour for the Black Outside Again tour and going into different places that I haven't been in years, some places that I haven't been at all. And like, for instance, I'm going to Raleigh this weekend. I've never done stand-up in Raleigh, North Carolina and I'm there for five shows, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Next weekend, I'm in D.C. I'm um, doing Smile Doses and doing Smart, Funny in Black and doing Smart, uh uh doing this doing this doing doing the live version of small doses and doing stand-up but you know you say all, i can say all of that but i want to come back to like for 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 why it matters and you know for me comedy is more than just like this profession I have. And I wanted to just talk about like why comedy is so important because I think a lot of people have had just different opinions on comedians in the past few months. I mean, of course, we've seen a comedian slapped. Uh, we've seen a comedian wrestle down. We've seen a comedian verbally assaulted by T.I. And there started to kind of just be this trend where it's like, well, we need to like get at comedians and I'm not saying that there's like an imperviousness to comedians. I'm definitely not one of these people that says like, Oh, comics should be able to say whatever they want and there shouldn't be any challenge to that. And you know, blah, blah, blah. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not one of those people. I definitely feel like you should be held accountable for the things that you say. Um, I also though, I also though feel like there is a certain magic to comedy that gets, lost when people forget what the actual bottom line of comedy is and that's to make you laugh that's what it's for it's to make you laugh and I'm seeing folks lose sight of that as we see like the roles of people muddled like remember newscasters were supposed to give you the news and now they give you their opinion uh like that was a thing, remember when like teachers were supposed to teach your students and now they're expected to uh, protect their students with firearms? Like we're seeing this like muddled um, variant happening among professions that always seem to be like very clear. Comedians were supposed—we're just supposed to make you laugh. And that's by any joke necessary. Like that, so by any joke necessary is my tagline. And that's because for me, Comedy is a tool to make you laugh as well as learn, right? That's for me. But that's me as a comic. Like, that's my choice as a comic. That's my drive. That's my purpose. And that's not everybody else's purpose as a comic. And it doesn't have to be. Not everybody's going to be Dick Gregory or or not everybody's going to be John Mulaney, right? Not everybody's going to be Jim Gaffigan. Not everybody's going to be Wanda Sykes. Like, there's also just the fact that, like, you as an artist defining what your voice is. But for me, the biggest definer of comedy is the magic of being able to make people laugh. Like that right there is like a fucking superpower. Every time I do it, I feel like Harry Potter wielding the wand. Okay, maybe even the elder wand. Okay, like it's just something that I feel like I never get used to. When I was leaving that show last night, I had went on stage and I haven't been on stage in a few weeks and first of all let me just say that I was backstage and there was a number of comics there that I hadn't seen in a while and it was just so good to see them and let me tell you the thing about seeing other comics I spent a lot of my life being disparaged for having a certain uh countenance a certain disposition a certain tone of voice and i've spent a lot of time in my life like not having a tribe you know and trying to identify with certain groups of people and then finding out that like they were clowning me behind my back you know or they you know thought i was crazy or they were disrespecting me and to my face etc and it took so long for me to like find my tribe and i found my tribe in comedy i found my tribe in comedians and it was like an aha moment because you know, to be a comic, you have a certain level of awareness that you have like all the time. And that's just a different way to live when you have that hyper awareness. And you're also constantly trying to find humor in anything that you see, which for some people feels disrespectful, right? To some people, they feel like, well, if you're trying to find humor in cancer, or you're trying to find humor in war, or you're trying to find humor in, uh, you know, the Supreme Court of the United States becoming a uh, Judeo Christian theocracy, then, you know, that's disrespectful but to a comic it's not disrespect as much as it's just a unique type of analysis and it's also a way to heal it's also a way to ground folks you know while you give them a spoonful of sugar you then give them the medicine that goes down and i just feel like they're like there's such a there's such a a, a beauty in in that and not everyone can understand that, but other comics can. And there's a certain, type of anxiety. <laughs> there's a certain type of anxiety that comes when you live with that type of hyper awareness. Um, but there's also this thing that happens where it's like, people can think of you as a bully, right? Cause people can think of you as like, Oh, like you're always roasting people or people can think of you as like annoying because you're always trying to find the funny. But then when you are with other people that live this existence, it's like, Oh my gosh, we're us, we're us. And we also don't have any patience or energy for like folks who are not us. That's like a common thing with comics. And so I spent a lot of time in my life being told that I was mean or like feeling that I was a misanthrope and that I didn't like people. And then I realized, no, it's not that I don't like people. I'm a comedian. I'm a comedian. If I overhear a conversation that's about the weather and it's just like going on forever, it makes me want to fucking shoot somebody in the face because I'm just like, how are you all not laughing? How is there no jokes in this entire conversation? This is abysmal. But then when I'm with comics, I feel so at home and... You know, when the whole Chris Rock... So actually, let me not go on a tangent. So let me first just say, so last night when I was with comics, I was at home and it was also like, you know, the pandemic is still happening. So... I'm still seeing people that I haven't seen for a long time. And so it was really nice to see like Sidney Castillo and to hear more and James Davis. Um, You know, these are brothers that have been around since I started coming up and, and my boy BT Kingsley. And just, you can feel the love when they're in the room. And I really was just like, oh my God. And I wasn't sure what I was gonna talk about when I got on stage, but When you're around those brothers, like the, the, the support that we all give each other makes it to where you don't even question yourself. Like they were like, girl, please. And so I went on stage and I haven't been on stage, um, in about 10 days which some people are like, I mean, Amanda, that's not a long time. But in that amount of time, there's been all these shootings for July 4th. I like went to Ireland. Um, I went and visited my, my partner's father with him. Like there's just been a lot of life lived in that amount of time. And so when I got back on stage, it was like this, like this calm came over me at the same time as like this bolt of lightning came through me. And I always say I am light and also lightning because for me, it's like I want to light the way, but I also don't want folks to think that I'm not powerful. <laughs> like there's power in what's being said. And when I was on stage last night and I just got to talking into to that audience, you start to realize like when you're a comic, talking to the audience is what. You're spending your whole day waiting to do. Sometimes when I have a show at night, like it's not like I dread it, but it's just like, oh, that's like one other thing I have to do today, and I gotta like get through that. And it just was like, oh my goodness, this this wasn't a get through. This was a relief. This was a this was a vent. This was a connection. And the audience was connecting, and I was talking about all types of things. I was talking about black people in Star Wars. I was talking about guns control with teachers. I was talking about Roe v. Wade. I was talking about. The difference between white people, people who happen to be white, allies, and co-conspirators. And they were just along for the ride. They were just riding with me. And I was just in that car, just like, let's go. And it felt incredible. And that's what I want people to feel when they come to my shows. I want them to feel the way I felt on stage. You know, this comedy thing, when I see people saying like comedians are basically like the last stand for truth, there isn't really a hyperbole in that. And the reason why is because comedians are still individual entities that aren't attached to corporations, that aren't attached to, you know, TV networks, that aren't attached to political um, pressure in the way that so many other folks are who are just spewing whatever there's whatever whoever put the battery in their back they're just spewing that so when you're watching these like pundits and you know you're watching um you know news anchors and you're watching these folks that are you know you're watching influencers etc it's it's not the same because as a comic you are completely in your own voice and you're coming out on that stage and your voice is gonna be the thing that's gonna draw joy from these people. And you take that seriously. That's the beauty of comics, like real comics. We take it fucking seriously that that's what we are put here to do because we know that that's absolutely necessary. Do you know every society has had some form of a comic in their society? I mean, like tribes from Asia to Africa and beyond. There's always like somebody in the group, in the family, in the mix, who's there to bring levity and to bring joy in that way. Right, like when we look at the court jesters, like there's always been somebody there that's like, let's lighten the mood, you know? And now, here we are, and it's like, we still need to lighten the mood, but we need to lighten it. And for me, it's lightening it whilst at the same time, not forgetting it. That's the work for me. So, you know, when it comes to these these comics that I see who are out here um, you know, pushing agendas, I don't look at them as, I don't look at them as, as real, because I feel like somebody put a batter in your back, and you're not a real fucking comic, you're just a parrot, you're just a parrot, but the real ones, the real ones, we don't push agendas, we push truth, you know, and that's why it's so uncomfortable for so many people, because it's a punch line, that truth hits you in your motherfucking face, right, right, but when it's good, that hit in your face feels magical. It feels it feels like expecto patronum, and I am I am so excited to. I'm glad I went on stage last night because it it reared me up to say that's why you're back out here on this tour, that's why you're coming out here, and that's what the real goal is. You know, when I wasn't doing stand-up so much and I was just um you know, on these internets for the for the past two and a half years, like I had to really re reassess like, what is it that you really want to show up as when you come on this this platform? And I had and I put down like these three bottom lines. It's like it always has to be funny. It always has to be informative. It always has to be empowering. And I'm not sure that I've hit it every time, but that's like the bottom line of how I want to show up in my art and with my voice. And, you know, when it came to comedy, when I first started comedy, I really was just trying to um, figure out a different path because I was doing music and music was not pouring into me the way I was pouring into it. It just felt like it was draining me all the goddamn time. It was unbelievable how much I was putting into music and how little I was getting back. And I don't just mean like money. I just mean also just like You know, you want people to, like, sing your songs. You want people to, like, you know, appreciate, you know, your art. And there was just, like, I feel like I've always kind of been ahead of the curve. Like, I feel like had I been doing music a little later, when the streaming of things was really popping, I may have had more success when the independent level of music was really popping. I was independent at a time when it wasn't really cool to be independent. When it was, like, actually—and not just cool, but when it wasn't user-friendly to be independent, whereas now like it's a way, it's way easier to be independent right because you have just a lot more platforms and the internet has even the scale but by the time i got to comedy though comedy was uh, was interesting because so many times in my life i felt like i was ahead of a ahead of a curve in a way that was de- like detrimental and when it comes to comedy i feel like i landed like right at the right time i feel like i landed right at the right time and you know the first time i ever started even considering doing stand up my man and i at the time my, we were watching an Aziz Ansari, (laughs) we were watching an Aziz Ansari special, and he paused it, and he turned to me, he's like, you know, you're funnier than him, right, and I was like, no, I'm not, and he was like, yes, you are, and you know what, you need to write a joke right now, and do it right here in this living room, and I was like, I can't just do that, and he was like, I'm giving you 10 minutes, I want you to sit there and write a joke, write a five-minute joke, and tell it, and I'm like, five minutes, that's a long time. Well, I actually ended up writing the joke and literally stood up in my living room and (laughs) I told the joke to him and he was like, see, yeah, yeah, you are funnier than him. And then we went back to watching the special. I still tell that joke to this day. I still tell that joke to this day. The joke is a joke that I tell about how I went to my gynecologist and he was doing an exam and he said, Amanda, you have a very deep vagina. (laughs) And I was like, uh, is that a good thing? Like, and so I have a whole joke and the joke has expanded and it's grown as I've grown as a comic, but that's how it started. And you know, we continue on. And now, for me, comedy is more than just like telling a joke. For me, comedy is, is something that I can help change minds with, right? And I think that it's important to change minds. We are at a time where the people who are controlling minds are not doing so from a pure place. They're doing so from a place of brainwashing and, and trying to just get power. And that's not the goal. To me, the goal is freeing minds to empower themselves and to also like see the power in community, to also see the beauty in the world that we are ruining. Like that's to me, like where that's where I'm coming from. And that's where I want my comedy to take people to. And so when you come to an Amanda Seal show like you're going to get all these truths you're also going to get you know fun shit and silly shit and you're also going to get at the end of the day just this comedy feeling of magic and this 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 power that is not able to be wielded by everybody that and and that I don't take lightly it bothers me when i see comics that don't really truly understand like just how powerful being able to make people laugh is you know i feel like you can cure cancer if you can make people laugh enough i mean It's not like, I'm not saying that. I don't mean that literally, but I just really feel like there's such a realness in bringing the joy out. Like when the whole Jada Pinkett thing happened, it was interesting for me because I feel like it was just a matter of perspective. Like a different person may have reacted differently to that joke because they may have been somebody who sees like someone roasting them as like a part of their journey to truth about their life, about their existence, right? Like sometimes people come and sit in the front row of your audience because they want you to roast them because they like that. I mean, there are literally roasts. Like when you do a roast, it's literally like someone who's like getting joy out of you cracking jokes about them. (laughs) Like that's the goal. So it's like, you know, it's just a matter of perspective. And then I see a lot of people saying, well, that's why comedians need to watch what they say. Everything ain't funny. And it's like, right, everything isn't funny. So just don't laugh. But everything isn't also just because something isn't funny doesn't mean that it's like treacherous. Right. Just because something isn't funny doesn't mean it's an attack because that's the other thing, too. Now, then there's, of course, like being irresponsible, right? And then just like using your platform or using your stage, using these jokes in a way where your laughter is actually creating support for the undermining of a group of people. That's different. That's different. If your jokes are along the same wavelength as the narrative of oppression, then that's not funny. And I think that's what, as a comic, you start to understand if you're really trying to figure out how to be conscious with this as still, as that's what I think as a comic, you come to understand if you're really trying to be as conscious with this as you are trying to be crafty. You come to understand that if your line of funny goes along the same vibration as the language of the oppression, then you are aligned with the oppression. And that ain't it. So like I see people say like, well, why can't we talk about trans folks or why can't we talk about gay folks or why can't we talk about black women or why can't we talk about, you know, all these things? And it's like you can, but your narrative cannot travel the same vibration as the narrative that the oppressors are. And that's a real easy litmus test in my mind. If you sound like them, but your shit just has jokes in it, you still sound like them. Check yourself. Check yourself, you know, keep that in your group chat because that's not the magic. To me, this comedy is magic because it arrives at different places than folks who don't have it can. And arriving at new places means that you can arrive at new solutions. You can arrive at new perspectives. You can arrive at new uh, epiphanies. That to me is what this comedy does for a lot of people. And that to me is like a whole other level of just beyond laughing. That takes that's going beyond laughing. That's taking you to some god shit. And so when when you try and like press yourself to go there, it really is this like incredible thing that happens. And then when you do land there, you're like, oh my god, I did it. So when I was doing these shows in Brea, California last week, you know, one of the shows. So basically, I was super exhausted. I did the first show, and I was like, damn, like I got to do a ten thirty show. I don't know how I'm going to do this, and I could kind of like resigned myself to just like okay, like it's going to be a, a solid show, but like I'm not expecting greatness. And then there was a part of me as I was standing on the side of that stage, getting ready to go on, that was just like, get the fuck out of here! These people don't deserve you just showing up like you know on a on a standard. Every audience deserves you coming out and trying to put your best fucking foot forward and trying to identify some new phase of brilliance, some new phase of magic, some new spell that you hadn't conjured before. So get the fuck over yourself, shake it off and get out there. Do you know that I ended up doing like an incredible show? (laughs) And then I was also just proud of myself because it was like, yo, like you called on it and it came. You called on it and it came. And that's like a very special moment in an artist's, you know, I guess in an athlete's like process, too, right? When you can call on it, you can call on this thing that you've been cultivating, that you've been living in, that you've been loving. You can call on it and it and it comes axio comedy. You know, because I've been a comedy obsessive person forever. Like I was the kid who was like putting Seinfeld on VHS tapes, right? Who was memorizing SNL sketches. Who was walking around with Chris Rock's book in my in my backpack like it was a copy of the Old Testament. Like it was very, very serious. But it was like serious, but not in a way that I was trying to mimic. It was just like a very important part of my existence to always have comedy very close. Like I always felt... Like an attraction to comedy that I had to music, and so that's why it was also like super duper bo, like um, super duper awesome for me when like people started like quoting my jokes because it was like lyrics, and I had always wanted people to sing my lyrics, and here they are quoting my jokes, right? Like when I would see people like when I did my special, I be knowing, and I came on stage and I said I be knowing, and the audience said it with me. I was like, oh shit. This is wild. It was a beautiful thing. It was incredible. And I, I felt in that moment the magic. When I do Smart Funny in Black, there's a moment in Smart Funny and Black shows where the crowd is so into it that I feel like I'm levitating <laughs> because it's such a space of community that we've created that people are laughing in such unison at the same joke, at the same time, at the same um, cultural reference that it's like it lifts you up it's 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 fascinating. And I know a lot of people may be like Amanda, like you back in, but I feel lucky to be in a field that garners this much from me, that pulls this much from me, that makes me feel this good making other people feel good and sometimes it feels like well this is like not really as effective as like the work organizers doing sometimes it feels like well you're you know you're just a comedian like you're not doing anything really for the people and I really appreciate y'all because it's y'all who con- who constantly reaffirm like no 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 we need you we need you as Amanda we need you as a comic we need you to tell these jokes because it is a part of the balance that we're all trying to maintain in, in keeping going in this space. And I shout out all my comics out there who move from, who move this way because you continue to create a vibration for for folks like me to travel on. You continue to create a vibration for this art form to continue to grow. You know, there's a great um, documentary about George Carlin on HBO that really again grounded me in the fact that like I have to keep going because this shit is serious and this shit can move things it can move things and we got to move things along we got to really do that so i'm moving around i'm about to be on this road the amanda seals black outside again tour is coming so i'll be bringing the magic i'll be bringing the magic to y'all don't come on my stage i was in sacramento one time and literally like i'm on stage and a dude walks down the walkway And I'm just like, and this is a small stage. It's one of these comedy clubs. that just literally has like a little platform in the front. And next thing I know, this man is walking on my stage and he comes on my stage and he's like standing all of maybe three feet from me. And he's like, I love you, da, 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 da. And I'm looking around like, is anybody going to do something? What the fuck? And I like, I'm like i like, security? So then they rush over and they get him. Now, at the time, my homeboy was with me because he was about to come on tour with us as security. And he literally was sitting there. And I remember in this moment looking over to him and him eating French fries, watching this happen. And it was like, well, nigga, you ain't gonna be my security. And when I asked him later, like, well, how do you feel? Like, what did you feel was going on? His response was, well, I mean, I didn't sense any danger. I cut, cut it out, cut it out. So I'm just saying, like, please, there will be none of that. Also, like when it comes to heckling, like some people feel like, oh, that's part of comedy. No, it's not. No, it's not. And if you get if you heckle, I will shut your ass down. Um, But ultimately, this is going to be a beautiful, a beautiful experience coming back on this stage. And I'm excited to see you all. And I'm excited to bring this magic, this comedy magic to you. So see you out there. Go to a and get your ticks. A podcast network.